Welcome to Real Authors in Real Time podcast, where we explore the world of writing, publishing, and book promotion. Your host, Carmen Renee Berry, co-founder of Berry Powell Press, is a New York Times best-selling author and has been on Oprah and featured in Newsweek. She helps aspiring authors create top-quality books that transform lives. Join Carmen and her guests as they share insights and experiences in publishing and learn how to bring your message to the world. And now, Carmen. On today's podcast, we have Phil Chan, the author of Rhythms of Resilience. Most religions or spiritual paths have spiritual practices, but you have done something different with the traditional practices. You've really focused them on today. You've mm. brought it current. Mm. There's a purpose for doing these specific spiritual practices. Mm. And that's different from your average book, no matter what tradition it is in, including Christian spiritual practices. They are just general, but yours is specific to what we're facing today. Correct. So how would you say that you discovered this personally? Because you were probably going on your life without these spiritual practices. How did you discover that in your schooling at Fuller Theological Seminary? Uh, yeah, honestly, if I didn't, I would not do these practices on my own. <laughs> you know, uh, it wasn't, I think I shared this story with you many times. It wasn't for a class I took in seminary. Um, it was a spiritual practices class. It was a great class because students came from all different varieties. My, my teacher was more contemplative. And one of the assignments that she had us do was to take a three-hour silent retreat, you know. And it's like, for a modern person, that just sounds completely agonizing. Silence. No phone. No distraction. No books. No people. No music. Nothing. And I was just like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to just try it. And so I did it. And it was uncomfortable at first, really uncomfortable. You know, when we're silent, we have to deal with our own junk. We have to hear the voices in our own head and all that is in there. But after a little bit of time, I really started to feel that silence opened up an opportunity for God to meet me in a very deep and dark place. You know, it was silence filtered out and removed all the noise in my life, which didn't allow me to interact with God in a deep deep place you know so that was a really transformative experience for me so much so that i came home and i told my wife i was like girl you got to try silence and she's like what are you talking about you know and eventually <laughs> you know i got her to try it and you know we have been practicing it for years every week ever since and the challenge always has been uh to your point getting other people to try it you know if you if you pitch it in that way do you want to try silence everyone says no that sounds like a waste of time, you know. Um, communication, as I've learned the last couple of years, is figuring out what speaks to people and realizing that there's a difference between the means and the ends, you know. And if you pitch the ends or you pitch the means, people don't care. If you pitch silence, you pitch solitude, you pitch spiritual practices, people don't care, you know. And the journey that I think you guys have been really helpful for with me on is what people care about is their real present problems, you know. If anything, I, I tell people that are, that are well-versed in the things I write about, what I'm writing about is not unique at all, you know. I feel like people have been writing about this for thousands of years, you know. The only thing unique about it is 
trying to get on the level of the average person living in modern society and, and speaking to them at their level and giving them practical contextual tools they can do today that will actually dramatically help their life. And that was actually one of the biggest, coolest things after releasing the book that I found. I had people that I personally knew that were lived crazy lives. They would go and tell me the things that they practiced for my book. And they said, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. This was so transformative, you know. And so that was a big win in terms of thinking about how to actually speak um, spiritual practices to people that don't care about spiritual practices, you know. Well, I think that is the gold, the payoff for any author who is writing a book meant to transform the lives of other people is to have them come up to you and say, this book spoke to me. It has changed the way I'm going to live my life or actually changed the way I view uh, my life. It is just the payoff and, and it's great to experience that, isn't it? Oh, it's great. It is really great. My fa- one of my favorite stories of recent is my mom. Everyone has a mom is a fan, but my mom is not even religious at all, and she was just like just bought it just to be supportive, you know. And so, but she's she she read the whole she's reading the whole thing, and she keeps telling me like this is really transformative for my life, you know. And I get that quite a bit, and that's really a really cool experience. Let's talk about how challenging it was. Uh, as a visionary or and just your own personal journey, it was to write this book. It was really challenging. And I think what gets people wanting to write books in, who are in yours and not my position is that they believe in ideas that can literally change someone's life, you know. And those ideas are great. And those ideas are true. You know, it's, it's really about there's a difference between writing a book Anybody can write a book, but it's the difference between writing a book and writing a book that someone will read and intake. And that's a really big delta and a big gap that I think you guys tried to help me uh, fulfill. Because basically, these ideas in our heads, we have no long, we have, we, they've been in there for so long, we have no idea how they came to be. You know, they make so much sense in our head. We could say something and it just make the concept makes sense, you know. But for someone, you know, I'll just use cooking an example. I can talk about marination. I could talk about heat temperature. But none of these things make sense. You know, but book writing is about taking concepts and imagining an empty brain. And how would I con- give the knowledge in such a way where if your brain was, not, you know, no one's brain is empty. But if there, this is pretend a canvas is empty, how can I arrange, build a building block of insight and knowledge so, so that someone can understand and, and receive it? So that was a big challenge in terms of figuring out the difference between having good ideas and learning how to communicate them well in a way that someone, anybody can understand and read. Yeah, each of the different types of writers has a currency. And we all think in terms of what's important to us. And ideas are important to me and Phil. But we still have to write stories and fill it out so that readers can actually understand it and take it in. How many times did you rewrite this book, Phil? At least four times, four to five times. It was it was it was rough. It was really rough. <laughs> it was painful. <laughs> and 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 we did have some stressful moments. But you have made the statement that you needed to become the person who could write the book that you published. What do you mean by that? Yeah, it it took me two years to write this book you know and some people would say 
man, you really had a writing block. Your, you know, just or your team sucked. You know, whatever that reason could be. But honestly, <laughs> our output is only as good as our who we are as people. You know, and it took me that long to transform into a person that could write. You know, it's it's really interesting. Uh, writing is a reflection of who you are as a person. You know, right, uh, for me, writing. I'm a very conceptual person, but one of the weak aspects was I was a really poor, not as strong of a mentor, not as strong of a, a relator of people, you know, and this came out in my writing, you know, this is true of me. So I actually had to grow in becoming a better relator and a better mentor of people. And that includes increasing my tool belt as a person. And subsequently that required me to grow as a writer to increase my tool belt, to talk more down level. It, this impacts story choice. This impacts ordering of concepts. This impacts tone. This impacts syntax. This impacts literally everything. You know, every writer has a transformation that happens personally before they can produce their book. I don't know. That's, that was my journey. I couldn't write the book that I wrote today two years ago, not for lack of money, time, but for, because I was a different person back then. Yeah, I think that's fairly consistent. Most authors write their first draft and think it's done because it resonates with them. And the process we go through is that's all well and good, but your book is for the reader, not for you. Right. And that's, that can be a real struggle and, and learning to communicate in a variety of ways. Um, I rewrote my first book 39 times, so I've got you trumped on that. A little that. bit. Just but, a little bit. <laughs> But it was awful, and I was very upset. <laughs> I had to lay down a lot. <laughs> yeah. So what is your biggest takeaway from this process that you now are better equipped to actually connect with other people and communicate with other people? That's what I hear you saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm learning how to write a book well increases my personal ability to communicate with people overall because you learn how people receive information you learn how people receive you know words and speech and sentences in a way that understands them so after i wrote the book i actually became a better public speaker you know i became killer and talking to people normal because i knew how people think you know in terms of how to get people's attention how to grab their attention how to hold their attention and how to build upon a story arc you know that allows them to receive something and go wow I, I can receive that that was really helpful you know so yeah that's really great to hear that it's it's helped you in all levels of communication I think one of the things we I as a visionary person have to overcome is the need to sound insightful you know I don't know if that's a pride thing or just my personal it's a brain a brain thing, thing. it's just <laughs> it's how your brain you know, works <laughs> i have like i'm a master of one-linisms you know just i could just say something that resonates but sometimes people go like i have no idea what that means but then like it came out so pretty like how can you not know what it means you know and so uh, a big shift was instead of being clever being clear instead of being insightful being helpful you know those shifts have dramatically helped and if, if anything it has made me more in of profound, if that makes sense, you know, because if I noticed even in my writing today, I write newsletters and it, I, instead of before, like I looked two years back, how would I have approached it? Those would have sounded esoteric and a little bit like, 
you got to like really be interested in what I'm talking about or believe in me a person to read it. But now it's actually like helpful and profound because it's actually impactful and, and graspable, if that's a word, you know. Graspable. I like that. We're going to make that up. <laughs> so give some advice to somebody who is where you were about two years ago. Um, and they, if you, if you recognize yourself as a visionary, somebody who's fascinated with ideas and seeing how they relate, what sort of advice would you give somebody who's struggling with that as they're writing their book? Um, I have two pieces of advice. Okay. The first one is like to learn how to write. Okay. However good we're at writing. I thought I was a good writer. Apparently I was trash at writing two years ago, you know, and I'm still learning, you know, <laughs> That's you just gotta come from, have a growth mindset, you know, like there's ways to learn. There's, there's always ways to be more clear, more relatable, more impactful, you know, use using better word choices. Um, so learning to grow. And the second one is honestly, people are really impressed that I wrote a book, you know, and I know a lot of people that want to write a book and I realized mm -hmm. What separated me from people that never wrote a book? And I realized it's, it's one thing. It's perseverance. That is literally the most important thing. Uh, and it's the, my only redeeming quality. I told my wife, like, the only thing I can boast of, it's been a hard two years, the only thing I can boast about is that I did never gave up. And and that's what that's what separated me from people that never finished or decided to write a book. I never gave up. And so if you're thinking about writing a book, you need perseverance is going to be your differentiator. The ability to not give up, the ability to go through hard times, writing blocks, stuff with your publisher, stuff with marketing, growth as a person. You have to not give up. Believe in your the believe in the message so much so that it doesn't matter how long it takes, you're going to do the transformation, do the growth necessary to see it through. And 2 years later, I saw it through, and that's my one boast. I'm not a great writer, but I didn't give up. That was. <laughs> well, you're a much better communicator than you were. I think you're you were always you were always been talented as writing, but it's just expanding the audience. Sure. So, how can we get in touch with you, Phil? You can get in touch with me on Instagram. Uh, this is Phil Chan. My website, philipchan.org. Uh, you'll find stuff on there, including a bunch of other resources, including a study guide for the book. Um, you can ask if you have questions about writing or the book or faith practices and how to live out your life well in these crazy times. I'd be more than happy to help. Phil, thank you so much for sharing, especially the deeply personal elements to this. You're a very humble person, and yet you are very confident, and it's been a delight working with you. Thank you for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for sticking with me. If you like our program, send us a comment and visit us online at barrypowellpress.com.